What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, she's got a lot of things on her mind to talk about now. She's taking care of her voice, so you know that she's not going to shout now. No fun, the Jen Kirkman podcast, episode 384. Oh my God, do you know what that means? There have been 384 episodes. I have been doing this podcast since 2013. Wow. Wow, since before before some of you were born. I, I don't think that's true, but uh, maybe before some of you were born into who you are. Anyway, uh, if you want to revisit old episodes, and why wouldn't you come on the journey with me from so many ex-boyfriends and (laughs) so many laughs, so many tears, so many moves, so many jobs, so many who knows what, um, you can go to jenkirkman.com, click podcasts, and then there's a link there that takes you back through the archives. It's, of course, free. You're just really going to a SoundCloud page, and you can just keep hitting refresh and scrolling, and you just see the time machine going all the way back to 2013. And again, this podcast was originally called I Seem Fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. It is now called No Fun, the Jen Kirkman podcast. And honestly, I just wanted to not have the word I in my podcast anymore. It's just something Something that I think it turns off people who don't know who you are. They go, well, I, her, who cares? No fun. I don't think I'm that much fun. Maybe I'll like this podcast. And that's what it's about. It's about letting people know the real me. You see me on Drunk History having fun. Maybe Chelsea Lately. Maybe a game show. And listen, I'm a good time. Yes, invite me. Invite me to your uh, dinner party. I'll, I'll, I'll bring you a great bottle of wine. We'll have a great conversation. We'll have a great time. But I was getting a lot of those woo girls at my shows. You know, the woo girls and woo boys. And just, woo! And I'm like, no, no, I need you to listen. I'm doing a joke. And you just interrupted the part where it's supposed to get quiet for a reason, for dramatic effect. I went to acting school, people. I'm not just some chimpanzee up here. 
And I thought, geez, you know, these people have no way of knowing the real me. So I started a podcast and I attracted the exact kind of crowd that I wanted. It's been a beautiful thing. So anyway, thanks for being here. If you are new, this is a show where I talk off the top of my head, unrehearsed, unscripted, uncensored. This is the real me. And I tell you what's been going on in my life that week, maybe just in my head or in the world. And, uh, you know, I've got two comedy specials on Netflix. I'm going to die alone and I feel fine and just keep living. These are not comedy specials. This is not punchline driven. This is not rehearsed. I have two books. One I wrote about not wanting kids and the other I wrote about turning 40, getting divorced, dating after that, all kinds of fun and salacious stuff. But again, this isn't a book that some editor went over with a fine tooth comb, whatever the fuck that is. Uh, No, this is, again, spontaneous people. I could get in trouble with this podcast. Who knows what I'm going to say next? But I'm not I'm not really one of those people. Those people are usually just racist. Anyway, thank you for being here. There is a Patreon version. And guess what? I just told a big reveal to my Patreon subscribers. Um, basically, what happens is I turn on my camera. In my home office, there is a fluorescent sign that says no fun. I put on some real makeup for you just so I look like a pro No, because I have these crazy lights in my office so that the room is lit well. And uh, I talk directly to camera for the Patreon subscribers. It's $5 a month for four videos a month. You get the video version of every episode. But at the beginning of the video version, I talk directly to Patreons. None of that gets aired here. And I told them about some, oh, possible shows coming up at the end of the year and how I feel about a certain thing. And I ask their advice on something. So if you want to know, you're missing all kinds of hot goss and secrets. I mean, going all the way back to December of last year. I mean, you guys really, 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 if you're fans of the show, do it. And please, this is how I pay my bills. I am not just saying that. Sure, I do a little writing here and there for TV, but this is the job, people. And there's no ads. So there you go. If that appeals to you and you want bonuses, just join on up. Five bucks a month is like... You get the video version that has bonus content in the videos. You get one 20 minute audio video, uh, audio bonus a month with some extra stand up sets I've thrown in. It goes out, you can do $10 a month. That gets you two more bonuses, all kinds of fun stuff going on. So please join. It really means a lot. I don't just do it for my health because so far, no health benefits have been proven by talking into a microphone on video and joining Patreon. Maybe your health, because you can laugh and look at me and I wink at you. But uh, my health, no, I do it to pay my bills. So I need you all to pay my bills. I'm looking to get 700 subscribers by uh, summer. I have 670 right now. And you think you can get 30. It is like pulling teeth, pulling cat's teeth while you're hurting them. So there you go. Join up. Once people join, they're like, I was so dumb not to have joined uh, sooner. And sometimes some of you are like, I don't have any money. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about the rich bitches out there. What are you going to buy another lipstick that doesn't look good on you? Join that goddamn podcast. Okay. Anyway, what are we talking about this week? I don't have a fucking clue. No, I'm kidding. Um, What are we talking about this week? Well, as you're listening to this, uh, I am visiting my family in Massachusetts. I have, I have, uh, I'm probably flying home on the day that you're listening to this. So I am recording this in advance. So I will give you my fun family stories next week. And again, the Patreon subscribers will get a bonus episode that is videos of me at home with my family family. 
So, you know, I'm just saying you might want to consider some of that extra fun. But this week, what am I going to talk about on the podcast? Well, I'm going to read a couple more listener emails that that I had neglected. There is an article about Generation X had the best grip on their wallets during the pandemic. Actually, I've changed my mind. I'm not going to read that article because I don't want to get into these generational arguments. I get to tell you, I'm really tired of them. There was something going around on Twitter the other day where Gen Z was saying that Prince didn't have a lot of hits. And everyone, instead of blaming Generation Z for not being interested in learning they Prince history, was blaming Gen X. Well, Gen X is the one who raised them. Well, we know about Prince. You think it's, don't blame, you think it's easy to get your kids to listen to you when you try to tell them about your music back in the day? I don't have kids and I know how hard that is. I was reminiscing uh, with my niece over text. Uh, my niece is having a baby. I don't know why I felt like that might be private. She's, you don't know her name or who she is, but she's uh, pregnant and, uh, you know, she's a, a grown ass woman. She's in her 30s. She was born uh, when I was. 12. So I am going to be a great aunt. Like that sounds like some an old an old person is, which I guess is me. So I was telling her about this one time I remember I was so stressed out because she was 12 and at that point I was 24. And you know, growing up in my home, I've talked about this. I had a lot of musical influences. My older sisters left me all of their classic rock. My parents introduced me to, you know, Johnny Cash and all the oldies. My punk rock neighbor down the street introduced me to all that kind of like the clash and British punk. And just on my own, I discovered like the, you know, things not played on the radio that, you know, people were like Nirvana's are sellouts, but the real grunge bands are this, you know, all that. And then, of course, I'm one of those snobs who thinks the pop music from my day was the only good pop music. I mean, have you heard the isolated vocals of George Michael or Whitney Houston? Come on. So my niece, I go visit. She's dancing around. Again, this is, I'm 24, she's 12. She's dancing around to the song, I Saw the Sign by Ace of Bass. And she says to me, Auntie, this is my favorite song in the whole world and it always will be. And instead of just letting that roll off my back, like, oh, kids, I'm like, uh, well, I don't know about that. Like, frantic, running to my sister, her mother, as though there was a fire. Did you hear her? No, what, Jen? Ace of Bass, I saw the sign as her favorite song. This isn't even real music. The synthesizers and 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 and, and electronic drums. I mean, you can't, what, 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 my sister's like, She's 12. I go, oh, no, I was 12. I like this. And you, you were the one that gave me that music. Well, why aren't you doing the same thing for your daughter? What did I think was going to happen? What did I think was going to happen to my niece if she liked some Ace of Base? That she's going to turn into like Ivanka Trump, like just some ditzy blonde. And then you go, she went to a really good school. Ivanka Trump's amazing. I don't know who my Ivanka Trump supporters are in the audience, but you know what I mean? Like, what did I think was going to happen? And also let it happen. Let her live her own life, make her own mistakes. And is it even a mistake to like, I saw the sign? Who says that's a bad song? No, it's good. I mean, I know every word. 
I saw the sun and it opened up my eyes. I saw the sun. Nothing's demanding without understanding. I don't even know what I'm saying. Well, anyway, the years that I really wasn't so much in her life because she was a moody teenager and I was a Saturn Returns angsty late 20s. She got into all the stuff, the Nirvana and all that without anyone having to tell her. You know? And I was telling her the other day, I was so worried. I said, I just want to make sure this kid listens to good music. But I was so worried about you and I, I, you know, I won't do that again with the new baby. (laughs) What was my point in saying that? How the fuck did I get on Ace of... Oh, kids, Prince, Gen Z. I don't want to read this article about Gen X. You know, just because we tell Gen Z to listen to Prince doesn't mean they're going to. And they might have even meant literally, like, no, how many top 40 hits did he have? And, And honestly, his top 40 hits, in my opinion, were not my favorite songs of his. I liked the stuff from the revolution. Most of that stuff did not make it onto the radio. Pussy Control, never on the radio. The Gold album is fucking amazing. You know, but I don't know if that's what they meant. I don't know. Listen, I don't need to hear, you know what it is? I don't need to hear people under 22's opinions about Prince. Like, I don't need that in my day, but I have it in my day because I'm on Twitter. But it's like, isn't this one of the reasons I didn't have kids so I didn't have to hear shit that made me go insane? (laughs) That's not the reason I didn't have kids. But I'm realizing now that um, the benefit of having kids is at least someone you are bonded to uh, from raising them, uh, that you love them. If they say something stupid about Prince, at least there's a love there and not just like, God, I hate them and their whole generation. You know what I mean? And so that's where I did fuck up not having kids. Is it... it, uh, that I, I lose that sense of empathy. So I, I won't read that article. I'm trying to think of like, what in the fucking else is going on in my life? That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Any hot gossip from my, I mean, no, I'm not dating. I haven't, remember I told you a story about a dating app five months ago? I, I haven't even looked at one. I just sat around gaining weight and, you know, the people on there, it just didn't appeal to me. I just don't think that's how I meet people. And I'm not currently looking. Um, But if I were, I think it's for me, I'm more of an in-person like, hey, meet my friend, you know, and not. Uh... I just remember there was this this guy. And and listen, if I'm just going to be, listen, this is what happens when I don't have a ton of topics to talk about, like where I don't have a story to relay. It's like you get my innermost thoughts that make me sound hopped up on myself. 
But uh, I'm not the kind of girl who loves like, uh, like when, when people show me pictures of guys with like good abs or something, I'm like, okay. Like I'm not, I don't objectify men that way. Um, but if I see someone like a little cutesy, I'm like, oh, that's a cute look. And I read this guy's profile and he said, I would love to have, you know, one of the questions that they prompt you to write is like, what three celebrities dead or living would you love to have dinner with? And like his answer was just like Joan Rivers. And I was like, that's fun for a straight guy. And, uh, And he also had like, he was posing in front of some like, not red carpet in a cheesy way, but like some kind of industry event. And it was clear he might be a writer. So he's a professional, you know? And so I knew that if I wrote back to him something about Joan Rivers, that it wouldn't be like writing to a a non-showbiz person where they'd be like, oh my God, wow. And they might be a little annoying about it, like your uncle at a party. But he might be like, oh, cool. And he would know the right questions to ask. And it would just be not about the fact that I had dinner with her, but just a mutual like, oh, what did you like about her? Why would you have dinner? Like maybe he'd even be like, I don't like her. I want to have dinner with her to ask her why she liked Trump so much. You know, not that she did as a politician, but she did as a person because he uh, was the host of The Apprentice when she won. I was going to say he let her win The Apprentice, but we've since come to find out that he doesn't actually, you know, judge anything. So. Uh. I think this was one of those situations where this person had contacted me. I just sort of was like swiping through and I was like, oh, let's go see this guy's profile. And then I just wrote, I've actually, and so that, it's it's cool the, the way they do it on this one website where you don't have to just like objectify people and be like, cute picture, but you can re- respond to their prompts. If it's like your favorite album, you know, maybe they're all like this and I'm just like a hundred and don't know. But I wrote, oh, I actually had dinner with this person. Um, I knew her the last year of her life. I said, no, it, I said, we actually had lunch. I, I made a self-deprecating joke. Like, I don't know if it's very specific to you that it has to be dinner you had with her, but I've got some great stories. Anyway, um, you know, you seem nice or something. Never wrote back. And I'm like, excuse me, I'm so much cuter than you. I, why did you put that that's who you want to have dinner with? I had dinner with her, lunch. You don't write me back? No, 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 no. That's not how this universe works. Uh-huh, uh-uh. No, 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 no. The Titanic doesn't sink and a dinghy with a hole in it survives. No, no. But I guess that that is what happens. And so I was like, I really can't stand the entitlement anymore of like, this is a whole private conversation, but there is a whole private conversation going on between women. That's like, I'm not even going to have the conversation, but it's along the lines of women tend to think that uh, sometimes men have an idealized look they want and they're unwilling to compromise on it, if that makes sense. Or if someone has some success, they're like, I don't want to deal with that because they have a prejudgment. Maybe you're difficult or whatever. And I was like, this is dumb. This is literally like, what am I trying to do here? Do I need a relationship today? No. Am I trying to practice dating for any reason? No. This is a waste of time. This is foolishness. Um, And so I got off. So there you go. But once I'm back in the world, you know, it's totally, once I'm feeling a little better about myself and a little more social and, 
you know, just back out there. You'll see me winking at you at the coffee shop. Hello. (laughs) I'm totally fucking kidding. Anyway, so somebody sent me an article and they said, Jen, I would love your thoughts on this. Now, I like when you guys do that. Now, I don't mean this to sound like a cuntabunta, but I subscribe to legit every magazine, The Atlantic, The New Yorker, The Cut, New York Magazine, LA Magazine, whether it's the print or the digital version, sometimes both, New York Times. I have, I mean, I just, I get all, I see every, most of the stuff you guys send me, I'm like, oh yeah, I saw that. No problem. It makes, I'm glad it, it, I'm glad you're thinking of me and that you're, you're, you're getting it right. You know, the stuff I want to look at, it's great. Um, But sometimes you'll send me articles that I actually haven't seen and you'll be like, I'd love your hot take. And then I look and it's like a 30 page article. And so for me, as much as when I read these articles, it seems very slapdash. It really is like something that I know I have a point of view on and I'm excited to read it. And so this feels more like um, I don't really know what's happening and I could read it and give you my hot take, but it might get boring. But it's really about, it's an article that was in Vanity Fair about um, a a young woman who was an influencer and an older guy who was like a, a political, not operative, but like, you know, one of those guys that's like, oh, I throw big fundraisers for whatever. And that he was totally not understanding how she was using him and vice versa. And so... um. I do think there's something kind of interesting about it. I just don't know what my point of view is on it yet, if that makes sense. Uh, and that that really is, if any of you are uh, wondering how to begin with a podcast or a story you want to tell or a stand-up routine, it's it's really like, that's great. This is a crazy story. That train just plowed into a Starbucks. So we're all going to agree that's crazy. What's your point of view? Do you want to think about, gee, you wish you were working that day so you could sue and you, you know, you know what I mean? Like, why are you telling us this story? Like, what about you telling us makes it unique? And I don't, I haven't found that for this story yet. So I'm wondering if you will all go on a journey with me where I read the story while I try to figure out why I care about it and 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 what, you know, not just what I think, but but again, that horrible expression that I hate, what's my point of view? So if you'll indulge me, um, I will do that. Now, right now, I just need to run to the other room really quick. So while I run to the other room, I am going to play Ace of Bass, I Saw the Sign, and you will see what a bad it's not even called I Saw the Sign. It's called The Sign. You will see what a bad aunt I was for just being like appalled that a 12-year-old liked a simple song. Okay, I'll be right back. It should be playing. I'll be right back, Patreon subscribers.
a perfectly great song about where do you belong? You're not the person for me. I saw the sign and opened up my eyes. Get out of here. It's just like what I talked about with that dating story. You can't respond to someone who had dinner with Joan Rivers. You don't want to hear that story. Get out of here, ace of bass. I'll kick you to the curb like, like a bass drum. Boom. <laughs> oh, my God. Why do I have a smoker's cough when I don't smoke? Why do I have a COVID cough when I don't have COVID? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, so I have never heard of these people. But there is a millionaire, perhaps a billionaire named Stephen Klubeck. And he claims that he loved a woman named Stephanie Gerzanski. And he says that Stephanie fleeced him. Stephanie saying, this Stephen guy is trying to ruin my life. They have both lawyered up and they are taking the complete explosion of their romance public. The headline in Vanity Fair is private jets, mega mansions, and broken hearts. Inside the messy, litigious breakup of an OnlyFans model and her uber-wealthy boyfriend. See, right now you go, I don't know if those people are going to be meant for each other because it's a business transaction. You know what I mean? Is this guy going to date a woman he met at Walmart? No. He's going to go for an OnlyFans model. An OnlyFans model who's making money, maybe it's good money. I don't know how rich she is. We'll read the article. But, you know, if, if uh, guys, 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 if you are middle-aged and older and you are not yourself an OnlyFans model and a young, gorgeous model wants to be with you, it's a transaction. I'm not judging, saying you're both bad, you're both good, you're both... Just saying. Don't give your heart away. Be like Ace of Base. You see the sign right away. The sign's right there. Okay, so. Last December 17th, the unlikely, and again, money can fuck you up. Maybe you never learn love skills and you think it's all about buying people. I guess the goal in life is to be found someone you can truly love who also doesn't mind spending your money. Last December 17th, the unlikely May to December romance. Now, kids, if you don't know what that means, it means one person's a lot older, usually the man. Between Stephen Klubeck and Stephanie Gerzanski sure seemed like it was heading toward a happy Hollywood ending. No, it didn't. I mean, I don't even know these people, but no, it didn't. The night, at a cost of $130,000, he threw a lavish 26th birthday party for her and her five girlfriends at his $45 million home in Cabo San Lucas. Oh, my God. Do you know how much money that is in Mexico? Like, after flying them down to Mexico from Los Angeles on his Global Express private jet, he gave her a $200,000 Richard Meal watch. 
Mille? It's not Mill, M-I-L-L-E. He plied everyone with $7,000 worth of caviar. That's not enough food to eat when you're drinking the way they're going to be drinking. 80 bottles of Domaine's Ott wine. 12 bottles of 1942 Don Julio tequila. I mean, at this point, these girls are wasted. Ah, they don't care. They can't taste the... This is... You, no one knows how to plan a party. You start with the good alcohol. You start with the good wine. The, the expensive bottle that's just really flavorful. People's palate starts to get a little rough, a little numb, and people mentally get drunk and they... They're just enjoying anything. And then you bring out the cheap wine. You don't keep it expensive wine all night. You switch to the cheap. After everyone's had a glass or two of the good, bring on the cheap. So you don't need this Domaine's Ought, whatever the fuck wine that is, and the Don Julio and the... One bottle of Don Julio. Everyone takes a shot. Then you just bring out the Hortense or whatever the fuck it's called. Get your BevMo coupon and just go to town. I could save these billionaires so much money. And $13,000 worth of swag bags filled with specially designed Stephanie Grzanski keepsakes embossed with Baby G-A-F, which is her Instagram bio. What friend wants to walk around with like her friend's merch that has her name on it? Like, it's just weird. He gave Garansky and each of her friends a Chanel handbag. Ooh, that's nice. Totaling 30000 That's nice. I'll take the Chanel handbag. Thank you. You can keep the Don Julio and the caviar. Oh, I'm having an asthma attack. That's why that cough was weird because I just breathed in and it squeaked. Um, it squeaked like that boy who ran over someone in uh, that TV show, Your Honor. <sighs> that's okay. I can hold off and do the inhaler later. It's not a bad asthma attack. They met in late July during the summer COVID lull. Yeah, let's, some, to some people, it was a lull to healthcare workers. <laughs> it never died down. <laughs> okay. They spent nearly 97% of their time together, including at his Beverly Hills home, which he claims is worth $100 million. They bonded over butterflies. The name of his home in Beverly Hills is Papillon. And Papillon means butterfly in French. Everything in his house is butterflies, Gerzanski tells me. Now, whenever I hear something like this, so this guy's 58. Now, maybe he loves butterflies. I don't know. But I always feel like guys like that, that have this weird, almost teenage girl-like hobby or thing, is a way to attract younger women. Does that make sense? Klubeck, 58 at the time, and a big Democratic donor who name drops everyone from Barack Obama to Pete Buttigieg. Let's see, you don't do that, dude, because you make these guys look bad. And then we go, oh, good, the Democrats. He was totally smitten with Gersansky, a gorgeous OnlyFans model, where pictures of her can be had for a price of as much as 200 a pop. And again, if you guys don't know OnlyFans, it's very much like semi- nude to more website. It's like a Patreon for hot people pictures. And an Instagram influencer with nearly 2 million followers. She promotes bland, blands, <laughs> brands, clothing lines, skincare, blah, blah. 
Klubeck says he spent around $1.3 million on Gersansky in their five months together. Dude, whose fault is that? There was expensive lingerie, Louis Vuitton designer clothes and bags, Hermes clothes, Cartier jewelry, Sephora cosmetics, crab legs. <laughs> Let's just throw that in there. And more watches, champagne, and tequila. He moved her into a luxurious Beverly Hills apartment and prepaid the annual rent. Ooh, big mistake. And you might save a little, but you think she's going to be around for a year. I don't think so. I got to get one of these guys to pay my lavish lifestyle, but without ever having to talk to them. Um, He wanted her to be 10 minutes away from him. Oh, God. This, I, it's also controlling. You know, it's like, listen, if you want to lavish someone with your money, you know, make it like I'm having a big trip where I'm taking all my friends, but just like one dude and this woman and her friends and and I want you near me. I mean, it, it's so I, I know she's the one accepting it, too, but she's young. Think of a 58 year old man who just cannot handle like the reality of what a woman his own age looks like. But what about a beautiful Beverly Hills version of a woman his own age? She's had a little work done. She's looking good. That's not enough. And they can't be controlled. This is so psychotic to me. I'm so sick. I got to get out of this town and stop seeing stuff like this, even though I never see it. I never even heard of it. I'm sitting in my home in, in the valley. But um, he prior he authorized her to spend $85,000 fixing up the apartment. She spent more than $150,000 on it. She created it into a porn set, he says. Little did I know. Well, you met her on OnlyFans, so you didn't know? You didn't? Because if you bought me an apartment and I created a podcasting studio and you met me from the podcast, it'd be weird if you were like, little did I know, because uh, it's one of the only things you know about me since we don't know each other. Anyway, Klubeck became increasingly infatuated with Grzanski. Yeah, because he can't control her. He wanted to marry her, even though she was only a few years older than his three grown children. On New Year's Eve, he planned to propose to her with a one hundred and eighty thousand dollar seven carat diamond ring and a necklace oh god or when are we going to get over giving women these trinkets as though they're our property he planned for fireworks in cabo they just have fireworks in cabo by the way you don't even have to plan for them i well no i happen to be in cabo uh at this resort once where I was actually at a destination wedding, but the wedding people didn't plan it. It was just like every night they have fireworks there. See, again, I will save you billionaires money. I will tell you what resort to stay in. They have fireworks every night and you can just tell her and be like, oh, I totally did this. She, she won't know. I loved her. He, he tells me, me must be the person interviewing him. She said she loved me. How can you honestly think a 26-year-old girl who you're buying. You're just buying her. How can you believe that she loves you when the sound like that neither of you know what love is? But instead of joining him in Cabo, she told him she was going to Miami to celebrate an OnlyFans New Year's party. I felt the need to spend a little time with my girlfriends, she recalled in a subsequent court filing. Klubeck went ballistic. I lost it, he says. I went nuclear because I've never been so upset and disrespected. Um, well, maybe it's time you were. I'm the victim. I never felt so bad. This is a 58-year-old man. It's not a four-year-old. Uh, a few days later, he tried to propose to her again over the phone, every woman's dream or every anyone's dream, showing her a picture of the diamond engagement ring he had bought her. She turned him down flat. She says she was totally surprised that he wanted to get married. See, nobody should be surprised about this. Talk about your marriages in advance. Marriage was out of the question for her. This was just a fling. She was young and wanted to have fun. This was hardly the first rich guy with a plane she had dated. 
And see, why doesn't he realize that? She says she would have never have married Klubeck. He got pretty furious when I said no, she recalls. On January 4th, they spoke again. He says she demanded from him $2 million in cash and a $7 million house in exchange for giving up her OnlyFans account. She says he offered to buy her a house and put money in her bank account if she agreed to give up her OnlyFans account. She told him she would neither give it up nor marry him. Since then, all hell has broken out between them, unspooling in Los Angeles law offices and courtrooms online and in the tabloids. On one side, there's Klubeck, a mega wealthy real estate player who has golfed with not one, but two former presidents. On the other, a beautiful Canadian model using all of the modern digital means at her disposal to gain a following and steady work. She's just like me. I am using all the tools at my disposal to gain a following. I am here with with brand new ring lights. I am on Patreon. You guys are paying me. What is the difference between me and a 26-year-old model? I know the answer. Nothing. Um, It is, among other things, a generational clash that could portend the end of the era where the ultra-wealthy can use their money and power to make sure they always get their way. It really is, especially because she's probably going to be as rich as him eventually. If not as rich as him, so rich that she really doesn't need him to buy her this, you know, 1942 Don Julio. And again, as she said, you're not the first guy with a jet that I've met. Using Patty Glazer, a preferred lawyer to the Hollywood stars, Klubeck sued Gerzanski on January 7th in state court in Los Angeles for a variety of offenses, including fraud and trespassing. Oh, let me guess. She lived in the apartment he bought her, and he called that trespassing, because I doubt she was trying to break into his house. I just want to snuggle with your 58-year-old bod. On March 8th, Glazer and Klubeck filed an amended complaint against Gerzanski. He wants his money and his property back. He wants her to apologize to him. Oh, grow up. You can't sue someone for that. She says that he wants to humiliate her publicly by putting on the internet for free all of the risque pictures he says she took of herself without his knowledge in his Beverly Hills home, on his jet, and at his house in Cobb. But what, she can't take pictures of herself on your of herself on your property? Little did I know when I turned my back that she's doing all these pictures every second of the day in my assets and putting them on the internet. I would have blown a gasket if I knew that. Oh, I guess so she's putting, you know, sexy pictures of herself on her OnlyFans account and the background is his home and his property. But that's her fucking job, dude. Again, that's how you met her. Now it's no no good when she's doing it. This psychotic sexism is is blowing my head. So uh, he wants the world to know that he thinks she's a con artist who preys on older rich men like him. It's like, if you're offering, who ain't taking that shit? You know what I mean? He hopes his increasingly public campaign against her will get her to stop. She's a fraud. She's a con and she's done this before. And no guy has had the balls to do this stuff, meaning sue her. Because most guys are afraid because they run a public company. I owe nothing to no one. For her part, Gerzanski's Los Angeles lawyer, Arthur Behrens, says Klubeck is mistaken. She is still friends with all of her previous boyfriends, and some of them are very wealthy men. On January 12th, Gerzanski and her lawyer asked the California State Court for a temporary restraining order against Klubeck. In an affidavit she filed, she stated that she has been in fear for her life and her well-being since she broke up with him. She claimed his behavior has been erratic, disturbing, and abusive since they stopped dating, and that he had posted on the internet 
pictures of me in the nude without consent. Now, that is terrifying. You should get a restraining order. And just reading the words he's saying, like just him going, I'm the victim. I'm like terrified of you. I'm getting a restraining order on this guy just from talking about him on the podcast. He basically also put the address of the apartment that she lived in in Beverly Hills on the internet, pictures of her clothes and pictures of all the clothing and bags he had bought for her. She said, I have not been sleeping normally and my appetite has also been affected. I am desperately afraid that Stephen has successfully incited individuals, including a stalker, to come to my apartment to burglarize or hurt me or worse. I am also very concerned that Stephen himself is stalking and following me to the extent that I am afraid to have a relationship with another person out of fear over what Stephen will do. I have gone as far as hiring a security guard because I'm scared of being harmed. Klubeck's spokesperson calls this false and more fantasy. Mr. Klubeck was not even in the country during the period about which Ms. Gerzanski complains when he can't have an assistant take those photos and then text it to him? Come on, people. It's not 1801. We believe the people she is referring to as stalkers were process servers that Mr. Klubeck's attorneys needed to use because her attorney refused to accept service and she was avoiding being served. Okay. She got the restraining order. I'm scared for my safety because Stephen knows where I live. Well, maybe, at, girl, maybe at this point, don't live in the place he bought you. Just a suggestion from Aunt Jen. I go outside to take the trash out, and I'm scared that he's going to hire someone to do something to me because he has mentioned that he could hire someone. He could hire anyone to kill anyone for $500. Okay, murderers out there, you need to respect yourselves more because anyone batshit enough to hire you to kill someone has money or has no regard for money. You could at least get 1500 at least. I'd say bump it up to 5,000, work your way down from there. That's something that actually keeps me up at night, she says. She's deeply shaken. What's sad is that he began to consistently say that if I'm not going to marry him and he's, that he's going to ruin me and it will be my legal death, it will be the end of me and I can crawl back into a hole and be nothing if I won't be with him. This went on for a few weeks of him constantly harassing me with text messages and phone calls to be back with him. One phone call would be saying how much he loves me and the next phone call would be saying that he's going to be killing me legally. I was terrified. Klubeck filed a complaint accusing her of deceiving him about her identity and profiting off the use of his property. If you know Stephen Klubeck at all, it might be from his two appearances on the show Undercover Boss, in which uh, he tells the interviewer proudly that he's been watched 16.5 million times. God, this sounds like Trump. Even though it was up against the Golden Globes that night, Klubeck describes himself as a self-made man. His father went bankrupt, and Klubeck supported him until he died around two years ago. I became my own man. I danced to my own drum. He went to Brandeis University, expecting to become a surgeon. He got into medical school and law school. Instead, he went into real estate in Las Vegas. The mob. What? Oh, huh? Who said that? He built his first hotel, the Polo Towers, on the Strip. It was, he says, the first purpose-built timeshare high-rise in the world. I'm very proud of my record. I worked my ass off and got my ass kicked on the Strip because I was a young boy. He created Diamond Resorts International, a global timeshare company with more than 400 vacation destinations in 35 countries. Blah, blah, blah. He's worth billions, millions. The internet says I'm only worth $100 million, which is fine, but my Beverly Hills house is worth $100 million. Blah, 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 blah. 
always date younger women. I date beautiful women. Yeah, because no one older than 26 could be beautiful. I didn't know there was an offense to that. I love beautiful women. What can I tell you? <sighs> My code is love, respect, loyalty, and I never lie. I'm very transparent. I'm not afraid. I'm very thoughtful. And I'm very proud. I'm a proud man. His other moment of TV fame came on a November 2017 appearance on MSNBC where he blasted his fellow Democrats for picking on rich people. <laughs> he says, Obama calls me regularly. I cannot believe that's true. He says he has a picture of himself and Joe Biden in his bedroom, quote, which he slept in with me. And the person who wrote the article wrote, whatever that means. He says he talks to Gavin Newsom and blah, 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 all these people. They all had lunch together, him and a mutual friend. He met Gerzanski. He said it was obsession at first sight. No, she said that. The next day, he called her, picked her up for lunch, invited her for a shopping spree and Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills. They went to Louboutin. He just wanted to buy everything for me, she says. From the start, he gave her his credit card and said, I could spend whatever I wanted, placed no restrictions. Then he said to her, now you can never leave me or you're going to be dealing with me forever or I will haunt you for the next 10 to 20 years. She said these comments made her feel uncomfortable. Women always tell, I was uncomfortable. Uncomfortable is like, oh, it's a little chilly. I think I need a sweater. Not someone saying, here's all this expensive shit. Now I own you. Anyway, I can't even get through the rest of this article. It is like 15 more pages. But basically, they were having this very public, very uh, litigious breakup. And this woman's afraid for her life. This guy is like admitting that he's an obsessive. And I really just think like women out there, if I could just tell you to be smarter about this stuff, you know, you're going to make your own fortune someday. You don't need these men right now. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Um... I, 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 the whole thing, I'm just so glad that like, I somehow just missed this entire world. You know, I wasn't, I'm sure I was, I look back at pictures of me now. I'm like, oh my God, it was such a cute young thing, but I wasn't that like doing sexy stuff and there was no internet. I'm just glad I missed that whole thing. I don't think I would have been involved in that anyway is my point, but, uh, it's all just gross. And, uh, you know, I hope when I'm a millionaire at 58, which I will be, that I'm not like, and I hired a young boy, he's 25, and I told him he could buy all the skateboards and <laughs> and um, laser pointers that he wants. I don't know why I think in the future, laser pointers, they're going to come back, they're going to be a big thing. I'm sorry, I don't remember who sent me that story, but thank you for that. I just, you know... Whenever you think about your life and you think about, you know, have I made any messes in my life? 
it doesn't ever seem as messy as this stuff. And once you involve, you know, we all think life would be easier with money. And it would if we did exactly what we were supposed to do with that money. You know, you paid off all your debt. You paid off all your family's debt. You made sure everyone had a really good savings account so that they ever had a medical emergency. Like, of course, of course. But something tells me that when people have that kind of money, um, most of the time, that isn't what is going on with those people. And what's happening is like you're buying people's love, you're buying people's attention, you're buying for your own self-worth. You're It's never enough. It's an endless pit. And then emotions get involved. And then you want to like maybe physically harm people. And then you're paying lawyers. And then, you know, it doesn't matter. Okay, he owns his own private company. He doesn't feel like he's at some big risk for being, you know, ostracized in his community. But I mean, look at like everyone knows about it. It, it just, it's like, Everyone out there who thinks they've really fucked up this year, like, go easy on yourself. You're not this guy or even this woman, you know, you're not trapped in a situation where ugh, the whole thing, guys, so, so upsetting. Hey, by the way. If you want to do some shopping that's not Vuitton or Louboutin, you can buy some merch in my merchandise store. I have so many fun things, things that say rich bitch, things that say I I meditated today, motherfucker, with the swear version or the clean version, Uh, things that say I'm just a soul trapped in a body, respect Generation X. What else do I have? Uh, Just the show logo, which if you want to drink a mug out of a, you know, Picture me on your mug. Women are literally humans. Girls will be girls. Feminist AF, which means and fun. Anxious AF, which means and fun. Uh, I seem fun. I'm not fun. All kinds of stuff. I I sell masks and magnets and stickers and pins and t-shirts and hoodies and sweatshirts and tote bags and pillows. And there is a big sale going on in my uh, store on these specific dates. If you are listening on these dates, go shopping and here's why it's so good. Because for the month of April, the cities of Seattle and Memphis will be getting my earnings from merchandise sold. I give to food banks every month. There are two cities a month. In March, I was able to donate almost $500 each to food banks in Mississippi and Oklahoma. And again, $488, which is what I sent, bought over 2,923 meals. So this is like you know, you don't need a lot to do a lot. So shop at jenkirkman.com, click shop, or the link is going to be in the show notes. And these are the dates of the big, big sales that are going on. And I am vamping here because for some reason it's not showing up, but uh, I will put it in the show notes. Oh no, here it is. Okay. April uh, 22nd through 24th, T-shirts will be 13 bucks, everything else 35% off. And April 28th and 29th, $14 T-shirts, everything else is 30% off. So again, shop for a good cause. Uh, On May 1st, I will donate everything we earned in April to the food banks in Seattle and Memphis. And, uh, you know, you don't have to live in those cities to give a shit. We're all Americans here or citizens of the world. So click link in bio. Um... Nope, that's not a thing. Uh, Click the link in the show notes or go to jenkirkman.com and click shop. There you go. And so please uh, do shop for a good cause. I've loved using my merchandise store for charity. Please give this show a five-star review. It does help people find the show. And if you need something to write this week, you can write... 
I listen to this show while eating $7,000 caviar. Okay, and, 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 uh, if you want to follow the show on social media, just see the information in the show notes. If you want to send me an email, I seem fun at gmail.com, motherfuckers. Um, this is from a listener. Uh, you know, I've, I've done a segment where I talk about people taking internet jokes seriously. Uh, she wrote, Jen, on Instagram, I reposted an inspirational quote, quote, don't waste sunsets with people who will be gone by sunrise. And I wrote over it, who wrote this slut-shaming nonsense? So again, so there was an ins- inspirational quote going around on Instagram that said, don't waste sunsets with people who will be gone by sunrise. And so this woman wrote over it and, and reposted it. Who wrote this slut-shaming nonsense? She said her sister sent her a direct message. I read it that it means don't give your time and energy to people that aren't sticking around. And this girl goes, I know. And I turned it into a joke about one night stands. And then her sister just wrote back, gotcha. And this girl wrote, this woman, my sister, has known me literally my whole life. And she just, I can't, honestly. I don't know how you deal with this 10,000 times a day. (laughs) Um, This is from Bill. This is from something from many, many episodes ago where I talked about the uh, rock bio documentary, uh, I Am Woman, about Helen Reddy's uh, famous well, her career, but that song. But there was a little-known person in the documentary named Lillian Roxon, who was the first rock critic ever. Not just the first female one, but the first one. And she wrote a rock encyclopedia in the 60s that predated everything that every man in journalism has ever done since. So this is from Bill. Jen, I wanted to thank you for drawing attention to Lillian Roxon. The copy of her rock encyclopedia that I acquired from my father many years ago has long been one of treasured possession. When I was working as a music journalist, I was always reaching for it to see how artists were seen in 1969 without the filter of time. You know, things like Jimmy Page's new band Led Zeppelin or the up-and-coming songwriter Jackson Brown, who was ready to release his first album. All that said, I didn't know that much about her and hadn't realized just what a giant she is in the lineage of rock journalism. It's a shame the encyclopedia is out of print and insanely expensive used because it's an incredible snapshot in time. So thanks so much for teaching me something about an author whose book has been sitting on my shelf for decades. Cheers, Bill. Bill. Oh my God. How much money are you sitting on there, dude? That's crazy. That's amazing. Oh my God. Uh, Jen, I listened to the Don't Make Me episode, and I have the Don't Make Me feeling as well. Thank you for giving it a name. I dread going back to normal. I love being alone. I don't ever want to be outside all day, and unscheduled things make me very nervous. I need to be mentally prepared for even the smallest thing. I live in Turkey, and despite the third wave we're having now, people started to invite me to things again. I feel great saying no because I'm still saving lives by doing so. But once I get that vaccine this summer, I won't have the excuse anymore. I live alone and was already working from home, but that wasn't enough alone time or free time. I always thought I needed a completely empty calendar to do the creative things I was pushing off. The pandemic revealed that I was right. The absolute lack of errands and social obligations was freedom to me, despite being literally stuck. I finally wrote my book and started two other projects I'm hoping to finish before the world is back. Obviously, I would want to, for example, attend an event to promote that book. Wishful thinking here, no one has heard of me, but I can't handle anything else that entire week. 
This is probably inappropriate, but I will miss this weird little time in a way. I didn't have to worry about everyone else doing more than me. I was free from the endlessly mundane and finally fully alone. No one in my life gets it. Hearing your episode, I feel less alone in a good way for once. Much love, no hugs from Istanbul. Uh, E-G, E-G-E, I don't know how to say your name. Ege, Ege. Uh, thank you so much for writing in. And uh, I know that many people feel the way you do. As I've been saying to a friend though, um, as many people feel that way, I'm always like, I don't believe it. It doesn't seem like everyone does. All right, let's end on this email. Um, <clears throat> Jen, proud no funner and Patreon subscriber here. I haven't written in a while, but your podcast has helped keep me sane in a world where people have decided that they don't believe COVID is serious or they don't care. I've had several family members contract it and a distant relative just died with it alone. A coworker contracted it in October and still has complications she'll likely have for the rest of her life. Heart problems, diminished taste and smell, and generalized fatigue. She's 25 years old. But do people give a single flying fuck? I tried being the COVID PSA bitch on Facebook, but I am tired of arguing with so-called patriots ad nauseum. Okay, Karen, your grandfather stormed the beach at Normandy, but you can't wear a mask to save grandma. Eat shit and get some E. coli to go with that COVID. If people are really committed to this lifestyle of indifference and idiocy, they should really go all the way with it. Stop wearing seatbelts. Drive blackout drunk in front of elementary schools and nursing homes. Have unprotected sex with at least 10 people a day. Pick flight. Pick fights with armed militants. Really dedicate to the cause. Anyway, as always, I wish you and all the other no funners light, love, happiness, and safety. We'll all get through this together somehow. By the way, I have an I meditated today motherfucker shirt on the way, and I can't wait to wear it. Sincerest regards, Fred. Fred, I think I saw you tweet at me. He got it in red. It looks fantastic. It's so great. It's so great. It's so great. Um, anyway, you're all gems. You're all beautiful people. I'm so thankful for you. Please keep paying my bills. And until next week, have fun. Have fun. 